is a big league skill. It matters, but not in right. fucking Cuba. And that's pretty much how the G League works. Defense is a is an NBA skill that you need, but you can't show it in the in the G League. So that's not what not you're down the there League. for. Which kind of feels like the Cuba of the NBA. So <laughs> right. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. I guess we'll never know. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Denver Stiffs show. This is your host, Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross. We are back again, third week in a row. Gordon, we are on a roll. Can't really say that about the Nuggets, but, no. uh, you know, we're 3-0. So yeah, we're they're, we're, we're they're already three, three, but, Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're three and zero. We uh yeah, it was a tough week for for the Nuggets. We're gonna get into that as well, and now we'll actually get back to some somewhat normalcy with the Nuggets schedule. They of course only played two games last week because the uh, the NBA Cup. I guess we'll have to talk about the NBA Cup a little bit. It's not even on my rundown. I realized last week we didn't talk about it because it's like all right, Nuggets aren't in. It, I don't care. I'm over it. Yeah, right. I don't. It's the kind of thing where if I'm in it. I would care about it, and if I'm not in it, I understand why people who are in it don't care about it. Here's an NBA Cup take for you now that it's done. The Los Angeles Lakers winning the NBA Cup is actually one of the worst things that could have happened for the NBA because if there was one team that the fans of every other freaking team in the NBA were like, did not want to see win, it would have been the Los Angeles Lakers. And now I'm sure there are a lot of people out me out there who like like me who are like, hey, we're skeptical of, of the cup to begin with, really like got into it. Like, this is awesome. This is a good thing. And but now that you see the Lakers win and LeBron get the MVP, I'm kind of like, eh, all right, man, whatever. But now it feels kind of stupid. Well, but see, I would say that the Lakers winning it is a legitimizing factor because anything that Indiana wins that the Lakers couldn't win can't be that valuable. But since the Lakers won it, you know, it now has to be have some value. So people like in the NBA media sphere will give it more credit so that down the line, when a team like Indiana does win it, it's going to mean something. Like, honestly, it's for me, the fact that a legacy team won it instead of a, a new whippersnapper team is an important. It's I'm not important, but there are worse things that could have happened. Games could have been boring. Like, you know, players could have yeah. played. They didn't well, care. But they did care. They played hard. Like, you know, that's true. I, I mean, that that would have been that would have been the most disastrous thing is that the players didn't look like they cared. They certainly did. I mean, they were popping bottles of champagne uh, in the in the, the locker room after winning. And good for them. You know, like I'm not going to take anything away from the Lakers. Like, I mean, well, I will mention they had the easiest group uh, by far of anybody in this tournament. Oh, and the Lakers uh, keep getting some calls that no other team like the Nuggets could yeah. possibly get. But, you know, yeah, I mean, but they did have to beat the Suns. Granted, they got a pretty beneficial call uh in that game they they walk i mean they they ran right through the lake or, or the pelicans um and then and then and then beat the the pacers who for the most part looked pretty unstoppable uh throughout that yeah tournament. so uh yeah i mean it was good i think it was a good event like i'm excited for for it again next year i think it, it makes it fun it's a good way to have a, a nice first third of the season make these games these pre-christmas games you know feel feel more impactful because everybody always says, right. We've always said like, you could just start the game after start the season uh, with Christmas day. Cause nobody really cares other yep. than the, the extreme diehards uh, about the NBA until really until the NFL is uh, their NFL team is uh, done for the year. Right. Like that's what, right. That's, that's kind of that natural um, changing. Right. Yeah, of the, the, the reason that Christmas day has always been something that the NBA prides itself on is because usually the NBA, the NFL doesn't play that day. Um, right. I mean, recently they have, but usually they, that's a day that is. They will. They will this year, right? NBA. Yeah. 
Monday, so there'll be a Monday night game for sure. Yep. But it's you know even so the the NBA plays wall to wall on Christmas and um, that is a tradition and then that's that's when people start looking around and saying okay what has happened in the NBA so far in the first you know eight weeks right um, and right. so I'm, I'm I'm fine with the NFL doing that but at least this way the NBA has been able to say look we'll have something interesting to do to talk about until like our season really starts two months in, which is that's the the problem with the long seasons, man. You know, you have to find something to do. It's the NFL is a shorter season. It's a shorter, you know, playing time. You have fewer games, so everything matters. So finding ways to matter over 82 is important. And I don't, I don't mind at all that they're trying this. It seems to be fine. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was fun. Even though the Nuggets got, uh, got eliminated early on. Uh, two teams that they played, <clears throat> of course, in their NBA group played again uh, were the Clippers and the Rockets. They lose both games this week, uh, or last brutal. week, I should say. Yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal fashion. The thing is, I mean, so they lose both basically on the backs of uh, bad shooting nights from Nikola Jokic. And what's really was interesting i think about Jokic's shooting is it wasn't that he was like shooting a bunch of threes and forcing a bunch of bad shots and no missed so many like five foot floaters that are generally his just bread and butter knocking them down yes right and yet every single one you know you see it so many times with Jokic. he he has such good touch on those on those five footers that like he doesn't it's not always a swish but it's he gets it up on the rim like so soft that it just inevitably just kind of you know, settles down into the net. And, and in both of those games, like it would, it was, you know, halfway down and then bounced back out. Seemed like time and time and again, uh, that's what happened for him. Uh, I mean, it's funny as I was, I was writing this about this is like, uh, you know, people are like, you're almost like freaking out because it's like, you know, Jokic has gone on a two game shooting slump, which is like, man, the best players in the world go on two game shooting slumps all the time. Like that, that happens. He just doesn't. Yeah. Right. And it's just so weird to see it. Like I said, with it, with him, like it's good shot selection. It's just, it's just not going down. I mean, what, and maybe he's baffled by it too, man. Like you can, he's like, it's, it's like watching somebody, you know, hit something that should be a home run and it's caught on the warning track. And you're like, that's fine. I'll do it again. And nope. Right. And nope. And you're like, why can't I make the right contact? Like I'm doing everything I would normally do. What's going on? And I don't know, you know, basketball has its own version of swing mechanics, but Yogic's floater is just touch. It's not a shot thing. It's a touch thing. And the fact that his touch has evaporated this week, the reason it doesn't really concern me, it's annoying that, like, the Nuggets have lost, but it doesn't concern me, is that Jokic had all the shots that he would make that the Nuggets would win with. He had oh, all yeah. the floaters. He had all the paint shots. Now, he was messing up some stuff with um, turnovers he wouldn't normally make and bad passes and um, right. just – but uh, part of that's being out of sorts from why are my hands not working? Like right. I, I would be troubled by that too if they were the things I could rely on, you know, every single game. And that's actually the Nuggets fans are so lucky that they get a guy who 82 games a year plus playoffs always brings something related to his A game. Maybe it's a B plus game, but the right. Nuggets are getting C games from Jokic, and it's unfathomable. You know, it's it's he he got a triple double against the Clippers and we call it a C game. It's it's what's so funny to me. Like he. Oh, yeah, but it is. It is. He he took 32 shots and made nine of them. That is that is a bad game. Now, the thing is that other players would do that. Like Kobe would do that stuff twice a month. Like. Oh, that was, that was, I mean, there were, he did that for entire seasons, right? Like yeah. those, those, like, those non-Shaq, non-Pow years, like that's did Kobe going nine for 32. Like that's just, <laughs> yeah, that was just a Tuesday night. Right. But I mean, the thing is, is that because Jokic always has such high value shots, if he's taking a three, it's because he's like wide open or it's dead late in the shot clock and he's just using his touch to get out of it. But these right. threes that Jokic is taking are just bricks it's just bricks man and he's clanking off the rim in like from five feet from two feet it it's crazy to see because nuggets fans just haven't seen it 
like we haven't seen this since I don't even know. Um, and he would do it for like one game where his yeah, shot like, would be off, but then he would just pass. He'd be like, well, my shot's not on today. So I'm going to get 15 assists and 18 rebounds and only get like 12 points. Right. And that would yeah. be fine. But, but he wasn't able to do that in these couple of games. Cause he feels like now his job is also to score. Um, and so he just kept shooting because he's like, well, I'll just shoot myself out of it the way that I would see Murray do all the time. And right. Jokic is not – I know they say shooters shoot, but that's not really Jokic. Like, that's, that's not his, his rhythm. He's not an on-fire or meh kind of a shooter. He is the most efficient player in the game. And so I, I don't think shooting himself out of it was the way to go. Um, but I also don't want him getting passive and taking three shots for some reason. So right. it's just I, it's just a week that I'm like, look, write it off. It's it is what it is, and I'm hoping now. I'm hoping honestly that Jokic's back isn't really troubling him. You know that it's not causing yeah. him problems on the floor with his shot. You know, hopefully because you know, I mean, maybe that's one of the benefits of the NBA comes. The Nuggets are a little dinged up right now, right? With yep. uh, yeah, Gordon with the heel issue. Of course, Jamal has still got the the ankle and uh, even and maybe even still the hamstring from the beginning of the year. Uh, we've seen Jokic with the back, uh, and he missed the game there because of that. You've got a lot of guys who are just kind of MPJ still working so, with that weird ankle thing, so he's right, right. Which which off. that was you know yeah he well he spraying that in training camp so you know there's uh those guys hopefully maybe just playing the two games will get them a little bit rest fact they haven't played you know they played well it was on friday when they think they played houston so yep um they've got you know they've had two days off uh hopefully they get a bit better here's the thing about though with Jokic and and in particular i mean in particular the clippers game like that one was so absurd like for, and out of the norm for him that like like normally that game like i even though he took 32 shots i didn't really like i said i didn't really feel like there was a bad uh too many like bad attempts in there now like right seven three-pointers that's that's probably something you don't want to see but at the end of the day like that probably in a normal Jokic, that's probably like a monster Jokic game right that's probably like a 40 plus point triple double oh, he's, he's he 45 off the, normally like that's right the weird thing about it was simply how badly he missed stuff. Like we don't like you were talking about the, the fact that he gets it up and it's so soft on the rim that he has that magic ability to just, you know, whenever the ball goes up, it's just going to find its way in just softly settle. Even if it bounces around a little, it's fine. And these things right. were just clank, clank, clank all right. over the place. It was, yeah, it was like watching, uh, a normal center shoot from eight feet and not Jokic. Like right. it, it was very strange. And I, like I said, I, I would have said it's not repeatable, but it did repeat in like two days. So in two days, but, right. Yeah. Right. You would never think you would, you would see that. That's what, what was crazy. And it was just, yeah, yet again, uh, a second game in a row, which it, I think, you know, it's one of two things. Either he's, um, he is, like you said, the, the back is really affecting him. Um, or, uh, he's just, he's just in his head a little bit after that, you know, be, sure. maybe, maybe being like after having such a crazy bad performance, uh, in that, uh, Clippers game kind of maybe almost pressing it a bit. Uh, cause I did feel like if there was a game like the Houston game, maybe, um, not always was he, he, I don't know. He just didn't seem at first. He didn't seem as aggressive. Uh, and then it, when he was being aggressive, at least for the first three quarters, it didn't look, you know, it didn't look it as wasn't right. Um, yeah. Right. It, it, he was, he was somewhat rushing it then uh, or kind of, you felt like kind of forcing it, but uh, you know, the nice thing about, about that Houston game, which the Nuggets, they almost, they almost pull off uh, the comeback there. They have the, the terrible third quarter where they just get brutal, uh, just got, got run out of the gym uh, by Jalen green. Basically uh, they come back though in that fourth quarter and they make, uh, they start making some shots, and if if nothing else, they end up losing that game uh, because they run out of time. Like if if they had yeah. had another five minutes, I think they win that game because they had finally found it and they were rolling there. But you know, I was in my recap, I was pointing it out like, okay, so you gave up, uh, you had this stretch there with like under three minutes where you gave. Uh, yeah, you gave up like two offensive rebounds. Uh, then you, you had a bad turnover on your side and then, 
Um, I think he had a foul and sent Fred, Fred Lambleet to the line, and that uh, that kind of is what would maybe seal the deal. Uh, be, not so much because you started falling behind. You just you just ran. You started running out of time. You, with three minutes left, you were down eight. You couldn't afford to lose a minute and uh, still be down eight points now with two minutes to go. So they end right. up losing that, but they they seem to have figured it out right and Jokic as well like he's those little floaters yep. start dropping right they were he back starts, yeah right, he starts making the nice plays Murray gets it going a little bit you know Michael Porter Jr. gets it going but everybody had it sort of figures it out on that on that starting lineup with the exception of Aaron Gordon who of course really isn't part of that comeback he only plays 22 minutes in that game because he was yep. abysmal like he was he like you're talking about a guy who did have uh two terrible games kind of back to back it's Aaron Gordon didn't do much in the Clippers game uh then was a just flat out bad in that um in that Rockets game Peyton Watson ends up uh ends up being the guy who finishes out that game it has a nice uh has a nice finish to the game really really brought the energy i think peyton watson really sparked that comeback uh effort with his energy there in the fourth quarter how concerned are you about aaron gordon though because like he's he he, his shooting has been bad uh, this year from three point and, and from the free throw line like i wonder how uh how far we are from seeing a Aaron Gordon, like, you know, the hack of Gordon strategy on him. Cause well, I think he's, yeah, well, like he's, he's bad. He's under 500, man, from the free throw line this year. Yeah, 40% like, one was the last 10. Yeah, 50, 49.1% this year uh, from just the free bad. throw line. It's just bad. 22, just 22% down. from three. Yeah. So he can't shoot threes. He can't shoot from the free throw line. Um, and he's not getting like his normal scoring for this team. So then you're like, well, okay, are you defending? And the answer is also not not at the level we expect from Aaron Gordon. I'm putting it all down to the heel, man. Honestly, yeah. like if his heel was troubling him before he um, took a break, and if it's still troubling him, like I'm hoping he doesn't come down with something like plantar fasciitis because that would be very bad. Right, it, um, almost, it almost kind of feels like that with the way it seems that it's, Yes, it's sort of he's, of course, you know, he, he's not. I mean, he's not having his explosiveness that you would expect him to have. He's not having. He's not able to move laterally the way that you expect him to move. Um. So yeah, Ag is definitely hurting, and I wouldn't mind if they gave him some more time off. Like if you brought him back too early, <laughs> please find a like give give MPJ some time at the four. Heal him up. This is that thing We're where. Just- these are not the games. Like I'm fine with him playing him 22 minutes and then not running him to death the rest of the game. Like find a way for him to be impactful or like let him heal because it this is a, a passive Aaron Gordon who's not hustling on defense and like sprinting for jams on offense isn't really your guy. Like there's something wrong. And so for him, I'm more concerned about injury, really, than I am about anything else. Right. Yeah, because you don't want AG to get into that um, Tory Craig, Facundo, Compazzo territory where the the defense flat out knows that guy is not going to shoot a three. And now Gordon is a little bit going to spend more time on the offense down down in the paint. But you still need to have that threat of him being able to knock down that three to be able to keep those defense honest is to keep that guy who's guarding him from just sitting down there yes. and basically taking away all your cutting. Right. And he's he yes. dangerous with a guy like Aaron Gordon, because he is going to be, you know, pretty, you know, like against Houston, right. That's Jabari Smith uh, who's matched up on him. And, you know, if you're going to let Jabari Smith, uh, Rome Granny didn't have any blocks or anything like that in this game, but like, that's a guy who could, you know, a power forward could suddenly just become uh, it's easy weak side help on on cuts and other plays uh, at the rim because they're like well if gordon's unless gordon's you know in the lane already so i'm already down there to begin with or if he's trying to space the floor like i'm gonna i'll take aaron gordon at 20 percent wide open from the corner before i right yeah uh, don't even worry about somebody him. like you know trying to get to the rim <clears throat> so yeah exactly it becomes you worry uh, that that's why guys like i mentioned like like tory craig like facundo Composo, that's why they're not on the team anymore right is because they were the ones who basically 
were no threat from from a three point standpoint, and that the teams just would use that extra defender to, you know, to basically or or to, or to that's the guy you send to double Jokic, right? Because like, yeah, right. let, let Jokic kick it to that guy um, if he's going to be out the line. Now, get Gordon a little bit different because he can uh, he can play that dunker role, so he's got. But he's not that, even doing that right. But he's not like, right. He's, he doesn't have that lob thing. gravity right now. Right. He well, he doesn't have the lob stuff going on, and he. Um, he's not getting the the clearance from defenders that you would expect him to get. Um, like his two point shooting isn't doing great either. He's right. he's not finishing the way that he was. And and again, he's it's not he's not huge sample sizes. It's not you know whatever. But it's it's a couple shots a game. But those couple shots a game are adding up. Those are the four points that Denver's losing by. Like right. it's, it's becoming a problem. And again, like you said, it's affecting the rest of the way their offense works. Um, Cause their offense is based on those cuttings and those screens. And then when those guys cut, then the dunker spot becomes open because weak side help moves over. And then you've got, you know, Jokic or whoever dumping it off. Like that's how this team works. And so it, I, I still think that it's just a matter of healing up from injury it's just frustrating that, and again, it, this is part of what happens to championship teams and why it's hard to repeat is that you don't get the summer rest. You don't get right. it. Like the right. other teams get, get like several months to heal up. You get a couple, you right. know, you get, and then, and then you're right back at it. Essentially two. Yeah. Basically two, you get, you get July and August and then September rolls around and you're getting back right to back into training camp. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think that in that standpoint, and that was my frustration with not adding any power forward help and then losing Vlatko. Like, they were like, well, we're going to rely on Vlatko. And I was like, well, that's great. Except, and then he, you know, blew out his, his leg. And then we, um, they're, they're talking about positive things now. But I'm like, does that mean positive things four months from now? He's not ready. He can't be ready. I saw the injury. Like, right. You know, he's not going to be ready anytime soon. I wish they would go for an injury exception and add a power forward so that you can find some way to, like, give him some rest. Because the other guy who can play there, like you were talking about, is Peyton Watson. And Peyton can play there, but he's he's a different sized guy than Aaron Gordon. Yeah, he doesn't have that bulk. um, No, no, no. Aaron is taller, broader, stronger than Peyton. Peyton has length. Peyton's longer and more athletic. I don't know which about is, more, well, but not anymore athletic. Yeah, like that's that's athletic. kind of a hard. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's that's probably. Yeah, no, but no. Probably, he's not, he's not okay, more athletic. He's longer and one of the few guys who can probably match uh, Aaron Gordon's athleticism, and then you don't Correct. really have a, a yeah. drop off there. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind them putting him in Peyton if you're going to give Ag some more rest, getting Peyton some time with the starters. I think that's when he's at his best because he just right. uh, settles into a a role of I'm going to play awesome defense and then I'll. Uh, rebounded Why he hustle, the right? like like you're right. looking for a guy to give you that spark right um, and he's gonna dive on the floor and, and go after those loose balls like yeah he's right uh, rebounds help side blocks you know and then you're like please be able to shoot the three now he can't do that yet he hasn't yeah, shot the three at all there. this year it's yep. been terrible but yep. like that's what you're hoping for is that he will develop and he's he hasn't shot that many of them so it's a very small sample size it doesn't i don't consider that to mean anything um but watson that is going to be part of his game that he's going to need it's for the exact same reasons that ag needs it dunking is great but when you're rotated out to the outside and you get the kick out we can't have you like you know pulling a uh paul george and wedging the uh the ball in there against the rim we need you to actually make shots right yeah i um (laughs) It's it's you know it's somewhat the Zeke Zeke Naji not you know being that great as your backup big. Uh, I get I I don't know though like maybe another guy you might consider like hey could if you're gonna give AG some rest maybe maybe Zeke another guy who who would be better off. And he's the right playing, size, right? Right, yeah. right. Just playing with the starters and and not having to do much like that could be uh, that could be another option for them. Uh, you yep. know it's I I would almost maybe go with that because I felt like. The, like you kind of talk about, like it's mostly comes back to getting de- getting healthy. But if like like I said, if you if you got to give Ag more time because he's just really struggling right now, um, and if it is truly because his heel is, uh, just just bothering him still, you know, 
you I think you don't want to mess too much with what they've started. They started to find something there with their that bench unit um against Houston right. as well, which it started to look like the unit looked uh in the very beginning of the season when you had Jamal and and now you know they, he's we saw that Mike stagger with that bench group too and, and those two guys going with Peyton Watson and going with uh, then Reggie Jackson, getting it, you know, it's kind of bleeding into that along with Christian Brown, yeah. uh, a little bit of Julian Strother like that, that really seemed to work. And I would like to just keep, you know, maybe keep that unit the same. So if you're going to give AG some time off, then, then maybe, yeah, maybe just bring Zeke Najee in uh, to, to, so you don't have to mess with that bench group. Uh, but I, I am, I'm hopeful, like you said, I think it just comes down to health and maybe that's, that's may, might just be what solves, you know, the bench woes that they've been dealing with a lot because the bench was again, terrible, uh, against the Clippers. Uh, but then like I said, against Houston, uh, they had a solid game. A lot of it again, led by, by Peyton Watson, uh, and, and his, his energy and his play. But, you know, I, I thought you got strong minutes out of Reggie Jackson. He, he didn't hit threes, which is what, what you needed to get from, from Reggie to have a really strong night. But, uh, he still was a, still was a good, uh, a good, a plus player on the floor for you. You know, Christian Brown, um, another guy that I think will benefit greatly from, from Jamal Murray, uh, being back with that group and having Michael Porter Jr. A guy who now doesn't have to Christian Brown struggles when he's like, I've got to be the scorer. Uh, in this bench group, it just, it just doesn't work. Uh, secondary creator. Like that's my thing with Christian is he's a much better secondary creator than I thought that he would be. If right. you give him the ball and he gets the ball where it needs to go, that's how he gets those assists is he does see the floor pretty well when he's not on ball. So he's looking for the next thing. So he right. moves the ball on and gets assists that way rather than directing the offense kind of assists. So I right. like him for that role. So if you, you play him with a point guard, he keeps the ball moving. He does the right stuff with it. He can run a pick and roll. Like I, I like that about Christian. So he's, he's got some stuff to do there, but like you said, needs that, that point guard. And now with Murray back, he'll have either Murray or Reggie with him. And I think that helps him out. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and then if, if they stick with, with Mike staggering, um, they better on that bench. Right. Like, I mean, it, it, it worked very, it works with, uh, with that bench unit in Houston, at least it was a, it was a yep. nice plus. And I think it really works well. Again, like, like I said, if you kind of, uh, you mix in, um, Mike and Jamal and then even Reggie, and you might be playing like those guys and, and, you know, uh, and just maybe one of the wings, whether it's, uh, you know, or, or I think you, you might see some, if you can maybe even see if you want to play small, you know, and run with Peyton Watson and plus, uh, your Christian Brown, um, and you know whoever else is is going to be that. Whether you're going to have Mike play the center, you have Peyton Watson play the center, uh, and and mix those two guys with with Murray and Jackson. Or if you want to play, you know, play bigger and then uh, give it more. Just instead of give DeAndre Jordan some time over Peyton Watson or Christian Brown or whoever it is, whoever's got the hot hand that night. You know, whoever doesn't take that guy out to match up with a little bit more size. Uh, right. I think I think that works. But I think having having Mike and Murray as your two scorers. Uh, that's the way to go. And I think that rotation works well too, because it's Jokic is fine. If he's got, you know, Reggie Jackson, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon, and, and, you know, who are, Christian Brown is usually the guy, right. Who's checking in front right. for Michael Porter Jr. Like you feel fine with that group out there. As long as you've got Jokic out there orchestrating that offense. But when you take him off the court, you almost need both Mike and Jamal to, to offset that. Uh, to right. offset that that loss of offense, and so maybe that's what what they just need to do uh, moving forward is is get healthy and hopefully hopefully use that stagger with Mike. I think that might be that's I think it's the I best want. answer I, we've seen so far. Right, it, it's the and it's the one I've wanted because I love AG and I think he's amazing as the backup five in the playoffs. But you don't right. want to be doing that to him in the regular season. He'll get beat up a lot, um, right. and he's already beat up. So you if you're trying to keep him healthy, playing the five is not it. And when he's playing the four, then someone else has to play the five. And then you have two non-shooters right. without Jokic on the floor. Right. And you're right. And then you're trying to find enough offense from your, your guards and wings. you know. And if it's just Reggie, Peyton Watson, and Christian Brown, that's, you, don't, you don't have enough offense there. Well, even, I mean, be, even Julian Strother, like, to be honest, because like... It, he's, not, he's not ready yet. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's just not there yet. Like, he's... Julian is a... Str- 
strictly, strictly catch and shoot guy. And that catch and shoot, like some of those catches can come off a of DHO. That's fine. Uh, but like, that is pretty much the only thing you're going to get out of Julian Strother right now as a rookie on and offense. Floaters. He's got, he's got and, and his he's got floater. And he does floaters. have his that's floater. It. Yeah. Yeah. He does have his floater uh, as well. But, you know, I mean, that's only, he's only looking at that shot maybe once or twice a game. Like, Yep. The, the, his his game his one big scoring game that he had so far against uh, that game against New Orleans it was because he was knocking down threes like crazy right like because he right. had he had that thing going and that's all you really want to ask out of Julian right now is like man you're there to you're there to play defense uh right. and, and catch and shoot and you know right. that's that's what you want to do so if it, it's his game and whether or not he's going to be somebody who's going to be valuable out on the court is entirely dependent on him shooting three pointers, and unfortunately this season he's shooting thirty one percent from the three point yeah. line. So like, well, he's just, he just inconsistent. So it's far. just not, not there. Yeah, right. He yeah. just hasn't got there. Yep. So like, he's and another guy. Okay. Like, I would not mind Julian Strother going to Grand Rapids for a little bit to like get just get twenty five thirty minutes a game, yep. uh, and really and just get some more time. But I don't know that the Nuggets will do that with him this year. Um, but I don't mind that if he's not if he's not going to you know we only got four minutes in that Houston game I didn't mind that like I don't mind if Julian is not the guy in the rotation right now I honestly think you might be better off giving those minutes uh, to Justin Holiday than than to Julian Strother at this point. Well, and actually I do feel that way that I would I would like Julian to go just shoot and rebound and run the floor for like a couple weeks, and you give yeah. those minutes to Holiday. And it's not because I don't believe in Julian. It's because Julian is not yet um, in rhythm coming off the bench. And I get that because he's not in every game. And he doesn't have a standard rotation every game. And so going from, a, you know, being a starter in college with a bunch of minutes to go being a bench and you might not play at all. Or you might, you know, all of a sudden get your number called and say, get up five shots. Go, go. Like, I understand that that's going to be a struggle. Um, but. Holiday's used to it. He knows what to do. Um, and I would like Strother to go work out his shot so that when he's ready, it's not a rusty shot. Right. You know, he's like, I just took 300 threes or whatever. Like, I'm good. Like, I, I, I've, I've uh, cleaned the gun out. It's, it's loaded. We're good to go. Um, and he's ready to shoot. Um, because that's really what I want is for him to be ready. And there's been too many times this year where he hasn't been ready. He'll pass up an open shot. Because he wasn't expecting to shoot it. And yeah. I don't want him being on the floor without understanding what he's supposed to do. So if he can go work that out in Grand Rapids, I, I think that would be great. And then um, you can let Holiday play with uh, the bench on those minutes when you need him. Yeah, that would be, um, like I said, I think, I think it would be good. But uh, we'll see if the We'll see if, we'll see if it happens. But right. yeah, well, I, yeah. But this is the whole thing, right? This is the fact that the the Nuggets um, and Michael Malone have this two-tier track going on where they're trying to win games now, but they also need yep. all these guys to play. You have to yep. get them ready. Like, if something happens to AG with, like, say, some plantar fasciitis for a month, let's knock on everything that that doesn't happen. Um, You know, you're going to be sticking Watson into everyday situations or Najee or both. They're both getting roles that are much, much bigger than they are now. Right. Yep. Um, right. And, and so you have to figure it out. You, you so you what you want is you have to prepare them for that. So because they're your backups, you don't have Jeff Green who has a, a billion minutes. Right. In the right. NBA, you don't even have exactly what to do. I tell you what, like what we've already seen them reap that, like what they've sowed with this kind of youth movement in in that bench and Jamal gets hurt. Like, wouldn't you have much yep. rather had Ish Smith? Uh, as as your point guard, then trying to figure out what what am I gonna do? Then going from Colin Gillespie to Jalen Pickett to nobody. Like, right. had they had Ish Smith, you know, they they would have. And and that that one's uh that one's a tough one too because Ish was you could have had him on a vet minimum. Um, Absolutely. And so this is the thing: is the Nuggets said we care more about the future than we care about this year. Calvin didn't say it quite right. in those words, but he said but we more or less. We, we don't right. want to win two and have that be it. We want to win three and four years or whatever, four and five, right. you know, right. and which so, is fine. Like, uh, I get it. And, and, you know, and they're there. I mean, this is, this is something, 
people got to remember, even though the Nuggets are going through a little bit of a rough patch here, right? They've lost uh, three games in a row. They they also won like four in a row before that, right? So they're they're yep. going through some ups and downs. They're still fourteen and nine. Uh, they're, they're fine. you know yeah they're going to be just record wise it's not a problem, right? It's how they're playing that needs to change. Yeah, but even then, man, like cause I don't know if like if Jokic just shoots like he normally does. I don't know that the Nuggets weren't two and zero this week and we're everybody's like Nuggets are awesome, right? Like it's <clears throat> right. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this is just a bump in the road. This is not a Nuggets can't right. possibly win this year. They threw it away on the rookies in right. like December. But that is you are gonna it. have you are gonna have with this younger group some bumps in the road. It's you it's are, sure. and so this is something that they have to figure out, and they want to get their rotations down so that they don't have this um, as a continuing problem. Continue That's definitely. all. All right, let's turn the page to the Atlanta Hawks. We have a we have a Hawks game. Uh, most people will be listening to this on Monday, so it'll be here on Monday night, Gordon, which means we actually get to do some fast break bets. There's uh, a betting. Yeah. Holy shit. There's, we've got we've actually got some lines to go up against, so we'll, All right. uh, we'll dive into the Hawks here a little bit, but we'll start out with this was my thing to bet in the preview. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, right now his over-under is 9.5 points. That seems like an easy money over, but it's not that great. Uh, of odds. So if you want to get a little bit, you know, juice it up a bit, you can add over one and a half threes. That's a little bit more uh, 50-50 for KCP. But if you do those two, then you get to plus 130. I'll tell you this, I love uh, betting even the over on KCP points, which I think uh, let me check. I don't, I think it's, I think it was like minus 140 or something, but like nine and a half points because this is the thing that you got to remember about um about the Hawks is they roll with uh, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, like basically yep. two point guards. They're going to, DeJounte Murray is by far the most, the better uh, defender. They're going to put him on Jamal Murray, uh, which is going to leave Trey Young, who might be the worst defender or is one of the worst defenders in the league. Uh, yes. On Contavious Caldwell Pope. So if you're going to give me Contavious Caldwell Pope, it's minus 135. Over uh, his line is nine and a half points, even even at minus one thirty five. Like I'm that to me, that feels like easy money because like KCP, I mean, what's he averaging this season? He, it feels like he averages at least like around 12. Right. So. Eleven. So he, he averages eleven a game. So this basically if he just hits his average against one of the worst defenders in the league. That cashes in, like I said, so if you want to add the two threes in there. Either the plus one three you can, but I like I like action. I like KCP for points uh, in this in this Hawks game. Well, and the Hawks, the thing about the I mean, the Hawks are bad on defense. They're just bad. On right, defense. they're not a good they're not a good defensive team. They they allow teams to get in rhythm. Teams all have great assists. I think they're second worst in the league in giving up opponent assists or something. So yep. like I, the Nuggets will be able to get their offense that they want. And they're going to be able to shoot the way that they want. They um they give up efficient shots and they give up a lot of them, um and they give you the thing you want. If defense is stopping the guy from doing the first thing they want to do, the Hawks don't do that. They give you the first thing you want to do. So um based on that, yeah, there should be openings all over the place, and KCP should be around for kickouts for sure. Yeah, the uh the Hawks did lose a game this season. 157 to 152. Um, so it's uh, it is something, and that uh, did not go into overtime. No, that was regular. That was all regular 48. Yeah. 157, 152. Good <clears throat> lord. Uh, yeah. So they give up a lot of points in general. I think uh, again, KCP getting getting the Trey Young matchup most likely. That one's uh, that one's a good one. I like. Uh, so we, speaking on the points that they give up, that the over under on this game is two. 40 and a half. And like we've been saying, I believe it. Atlanta gives up a ton of points. Yeah. But I almost, I almost, this is, I, I feel like I want to take the under on this because if you are playing 120 to 120 against Atlanta, you're playing their game, right? Like that means right. Um, you've, you've basically got into a, let's see who can score more, which could happen for one it's a road game in atlanta where you just like i was concerned about the road game in la where you had a few days off uh and you had a full day probably got into la pretty early Uh, michael porter jr went 
decided to go catch a basketball game with Floyd Mayweather. Um, which sidebar, they they totally took right when that right when MPJ came out um, with Floyd Mayweather uh, at that Lakers game. Uh, yep. They all the all the sports books took him off the board real quick. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because I was like I was like oh man I'm gonna go take the under on MPJ points in this one. Uh, he might look like he might be out, out long tonight, but same same idea in Atlanta, right? It's a, it's a it's a good good night life in Atlanta. You're gonna be there uh, for uh, for some time before the game. They, the Nuggets probably flew in early this afternoon, uh, so they're going to to have some time there. That makes me a little bit concerned. Maybe you don't play as much defense. Uh, maybe you. Uh, don't come out as as strong as you had hoped, and you end up playing into a offensive uh, track meet like like Atlanta wants to do. Uh, that that could potentially push it over, but I still think the Nuggets they're going to be focused. I mean, they're they they've lost two in a row. They're coming off two two losses. They're going to be bad. The Nuggets. Right, they're going to exactly. They're going to be pissed off. They're gonna they're gonna go down there. They're against the team, the Atlanta team, who doesn't feel like they're that good again this year and and they're going to go out there and, and and play tough defense and, and play their kind of game and i think you see a, it, i think you're much more likely to see like a 118 to 108 type score than uh than a, you know 130 to 122 type of thing i hear you uh, against the hawks so that makes sense to me um because it just because <laughs> the hawks are not going to be able well, i shouldn't say not going to be able the hawks um do not match up well with stopping what it is that the Nuggets like to do. They just don't. But the right. Nuggets have one of the only sets of of you know bench and um, starting defenders that can hamper some of what Atlanta likes to do. Right. Um, so again, this is we're again talking about whether or not AG is healthy, uh, but he'll have had several days off. You know, right before this game, it's not a back-to-back. It's yeah, not like the Bulls exactly. on Tuesday. Like, this is the game. If you're going to expect a good AG game, this would be the game, right? If if, there, yeah. if it is an injury problem. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would take – like, I'm not confident about it, but if you ask me which one I would take, I would take the under on that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Vegas, right? It's probably going to be pretty close, but um... – yeah, I'm, I'm. I think it's. I think this this game because the Nuggets should be motivated. Uh, I think I like, I like be motivated by not playing the right. Rockets or the Clippers again. Right. Yeah. Like, no kidding. Shit. There are other no teams in the league. That's amazing. Let's play these guys. No kidding. Plus, let's also just say it. Like, I mean, two forty and a half. That's that's a monster line uh, for over under. Yeah. That's that's a big one. Which yeah, like we said, Atlanta not good. And then all right, one last one I'll throw in here for you, just in case it's to see if you're a gambler. Uh, you can get plus 160 right now on the Jokic threes, which is one and a half is where the line is at. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe Atlanta's like, it, it could be a prove it game. Like, hey, Jokic is going to like make, show us that you can, you can shoot because uh, you've been struggling. And so maybe they let him, uh, let him hang out at the three point line a little open. Maybe Clint Capella is, is happy to like give him that shot and, and decides not to close out. And, you know, maybe Jokic bags a pair of threes in this one and, that's nine plus one sixty. Like you can't argue with that, right, Gordon? Well, the thing about this is we know Jokic has been shooting, and we know that he's not going to keep missing. So if he's going to keep shooting and he's not going to keep missing, you should take the over on all of that. Right. Yeah, that was my <laughs> thought process. That was my thought process. Uh, Friday. I think the bet. Yeah, I think the bet on the Friday game. <laughs> that one didn't work out for me. So. Uh, Why well, does I can't I can't imagine it? Like if you're betting on whether the guy who put together 300 great games in a row is going to have a third bad game in a row or another good game. Nah, give me the good game. Right. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a sucker right. for a track record of 300 good games in a row. You know, the interesting thing too, though, is Clint Capella, I was looking at this at when I was writing the preview for the, the game. I was looking at this, like, even though like Clint Capella used to give Jokic all kinds of trouble. He was like, he was like one of the first guys that you were like, all right, he's, oh, yeah. He's figured Jokic out. And then, of course, Jokic figured him out. Um, but he's still – Jokic still doesn't generally – he does not have a 30-point game uh, against Clint Capella in his career. In fact, uh-huh. since Clint, Clint's been on the Hawks, the high, the Jokic's high against him is 24 points. So right. what, it, it is one of those things where – 
you know, he doesn't um, now. Now I will say, I will preface it with this. Like there's, there's a couple of Hawks games in there where Jokic probably didn't play much in the fourth quarter. Cause the nuggets were uh, running them off the say, court. There are other reasons for that. Uh, right. One of them is, is the, is the defense that they're running against Jokic. Right. But that's the other thing is like, yeah, they, they pretty much are going to double, you know, they, they want to double him uh, and force yes. it out of his hands. That's they have their to ch- double him. Right. That's been that's their choice. Been, their yep. choice because they they we've seen Jokic one on one um against Capella. That's not a that's not a winning proposition for Clint Capella uh anymore. Uh, maybe, so maybe because he can't shoot right now, they will let him go one on one. I don't that's, know. That's that's kind of what I wonder. And that's kind of why like, hey, so if you think about that, maybe it um uh, maybe they'll let him let him take some shots. Maybe he knocks down some threes and maybe you catch yep. him on a plus plus one sixty. All right, let's we'll close up the show talking a little bit more specifically. Uh, about the Hawks themselves. And what I want to talk about is just the Hawks in general, because this is a team, uh, Trey Young has been, you know, in the league for a bit now. It's what it is, is like, it's like fifth, uh, fifth season, right, for Trey. Um, I can't remember how many, how many seasons has Luka Doncic been in right there? Both, both the same year. Uh, But it has, for whatever reason, I mean, Trey Young, high draft pick, he's, He's had some great uh, moments in the NBA, like we've talked about. His defense leaves uh, leaves something to be desired, certainly. But uh, oh, sorry, this is Trey's sixth season in the NBA. Um, <clears throat> but for the most part, like you know, I mean, mo- most pe- people you would consider him a star player uh, in the NBA, and yet uh, the Hawks it has never really translated into anything more than like a low playoff team. Usually nowadays they're a team who's playing in the play in tournament. And it's just, you know, they're basically playing for the right to get uh, run out of the gym in the, in the first round of the playoffs. And, and they've, they've tried different things, right? They traded for, for DeJounte Murray, who I think is a fantastic player. Yes, uh, he is. Absolutely. They, they trade this year. They traded away John Collins because Deandre Hunter, right. <laughs> is a, uh, a guy who a promising forward, uh, maybe somewhat uh-huh. similar to what you already have with John Collins, uh, but they 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 brought in Clint Capella, you know, for whatever reason, like it, it just hasn't worked. And so I, you know, what what is 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 Trey Young just like? Uh, it seems like he should be a guy you should be able to build around, but but for whatever reason, the Hawks just haven't been able to find to find the right mix. Well, the thing that they're having, right? He's a small guard. That doesn't necessarily right. mean that he has to be bad at defense or that the whole team has to be bad at defense, but he is a small guard. And in his entire time with Atlanta, they have been abysmal at defense, right? They're a great scoring team. They score a lot of points. They score them very fast. Like they're exciting to watch on offense. But they don't play any defense. That that just doesn't happen. Um, it's kind of like watching the um, Mellow Nuggets before uh, Chauncey got here, right? Before Chauncey, yep. You know where they that's run. Good, that's a good comparison. Where they run, but they you, you're not you're running one way, and so if you can get it going in one direction, you're fine. Um, and and the Nuggets, uh, those Nuggets had some better uh, veteran talent and the Hawks have kept kept going young the Hawks are like we like a young team wait we still like a young team you know we have they have Clint Capella who's who's a vet you know a reasonable vet um uh DeJounte Murray I guess is in year seven it doesn't feel that way right um you know so you're hoping that those guys that they have that are in the middle of their career can go ahead and take that step they're not rookie contract guys anymore you know they should be the kind of guys you can build around but none of them are defenders like right. that. They don't, that's not the game that Atlanta plays. And I don't know if that's a coaching problem, if that's a personnel problem. Um, I feel like they should be able to get more defense out of the guys that they have. Yeah. And, and they've they tried, I mean, they've tried defensive coaches. I mean, Nate McMillan is, yeah, a, I know. Is a yeah, but guy Nate, Nate, Nate McMillan, I will tell you this from having been a, a Sonics fan and having watched the Blazers when he was there. Um, Nate is such a micromanager in every sense of the word. Right. Um, would not allow point guards to call their own plays. He would call them every one, every play from the sideline. Didn't matter whose point guard was. 
um, just some ridiculous stuff where you're like, bro, that's a grown man you're trying to like yell at every time down the court. Right. Um, and so I don't think that his methods played well with the freewheeling style of the players that he had. Yeah, he I mean, he got that. If you remember, he he was the interim coach. Right. Yep. Um, and then they went on the, the Hawks went on the run. They actually got to the Eastern Conference finals Absolutely. that year. Uh, and then, but now like in hindsight with both, with both Nate and the team, it kind of looks like it's like, all right, that was kind of a, you just, you know, you caught lightning in a bottle. You had, you had a great, uh, a great March and April, uh, that, that you ran, you know, you basically had a great spring and you, and you ran that all the way out to the Eastern conference finals. Uh, and then, you know, since then it's been first round loss, first round loss. I mean, last year, again, like right. you had to, you fired Nate McMillan last year. Uh, and then you brought well, in they hired Snyder, yeah, right. And you got to and, forty-one and, and forty-one, and and you you made it. You you survived uh, again. You survived the play-in tournament, and and then got bounced. And what that first round, they went. They, it wasn't much, if I remember right. Much of a no. They got it was six games in there, and bounced by the Celtics. So I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they like, the Celtics. There's not a lot you can do about it. That's the problem they have, though, is they have to get out of those bottom seats. They can't. Right. They can't. They and they and you you keep kind of waiting for it to happen. Uh, with this team and all these combinations of young players that they they uh, keep ro- rotating through, you know they rotate through all these forwards, whether it's whether it's Collins, whether it's Hunter, whether it's you know Onyeko and Kongwu, they've got yep. these guys who just it doesn't they can't find that pairing, you know, with right. Trey Young. And if you if you're that team, you're looking at it and you're like, we should. You probably are looking over at the Golden State Warriors and be like, how did they build a team around Steph Curry? Because you know that's right that's kind of the similar type of team that you're going to want um, in, in Atlanta, but you got no, you got no dream on green, right? You've got no yep. defensive uh, defensive ace to put in there. You don't have as good as Jante Murray is. You don't have as reliable of a guy next to, you know, he's not, a, he's not a clay Thompson. Like he's just um, one clay. Yeah, I, I'm saying this, not, not based off this season alone, right? right? Obviously no. clay has struggled this year, uh, but but at they his just, height, the, the the thing with Clay Thompson yeah. was that he was a big enough guy to defend. He's a great defender, and, yeah, and he took it defender. seriously. Right. And he made every damn shot. Like right. that's the thing, right? Is that he is one of the great shooters to ever live. It's just that he's on a team with one of the other even greater shooters to ever live. Right. Maybe the greatest shooter to ever live. Um, yeah, and as good and as so, as good as Murray is, he's not. He's not that. that. Why, well, as he's good as Trey Young is, he's not that. So yeah, I mean, he's not Steph Curry. Golden I mean, Trey Young is light. a great shooter. Yes. Right. But trying to build Golden State light is a really, really hard thing to do. Right. That's the thing is like Golden State's not really sustainable unless you have two of the greatest shooters uh, of all time. I mean, as we're seeing this and year, one of the best defenders struggling. of his generation. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, it's just not. It's, uh, it's like asking work. somebody to rebuild the '90s Bulls, and you're like, "Okay, great." So I got all I have to do is find Michael Jordan, like Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman, and I'll be good. Okay, no problem. No problem. Like right. I'll, I'll get I'll get right on that. Like yeah, good right. luck. Like no offense, those are three of the. 50 and you saw it, right? Players. And you saw a whole generation of of teams try and build around scoring two guards, and it just right. And now 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 basically nobody does that uh, anymore. It's kind of funny how that how that works. So I mean, is this a team that like if you're looking at the Hawks that it's like, I mean, should they blow it up? Like should should Trey Young be be on the trade market right now if you're Atlanta? Should should there basically be nobody on that team? Because I kind of feel like that's the way it should be. I think there should be if it, if it keeps going this way. You're nine and twelve right now. If you're still like hovering a few games under five hundred, um, come trade deadline time, like, do you not just say? Yeah, we're we're gonna trade Trey. We're gonna trade Dejounte. We're gonna trade you know whoever. Get picks and 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 start over. Why well, at some point they're gonna have to consider it because I don't see how you can't. This is where this is the worst part in the NBA to be right is that you're right. paying a huge chunk of money to guys who are very good but who are not helping you win. Right. Like that's I I don't know how you're gonna get around that. Like you do not want to be in the seven, eight seed every year. You can't win that way. You can't get the picks that you need. You can't get the talent influx. 
And you can't get past all the teams that do have those things in the playoffs. You just can't. Right. You know, so unless you can find a way to add somebody to the team, but you're already fielding a bunch of expensive players. Yeah, I wonder where is Atlanta probably in terms of the salary cap. They can't, I was saying they can't be, uh, they can't be very cheap because yeah, I mean Trey Young is in. He got the he got the max contract and he's he's into that well, that's what deal I'm now. Like yeah, so it's like Trey's know, making Dejounte Murray. I think is, year. I think Dejounte like, Murray's on a close to max as well. So no, no, Dejounte's uh, not there yet. Um, not yet. Oh yeah, yeah, not yet. That's it. That's it. He's uh, but they got a bunch guy of guys who, making twenty million bucks. They got like four guys making Aaron Gordon money. Yeah, and then they've got Trey Young making double that. Right, you're right, because it's DeAndre Hunter, it's Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench is getting 18 million. Right. Uh, Clint Capella is another guy getting 20, 20 plus, and then yeah, and then you got Dejounte around right around 18. So you're right, you got four guys, and then Trey Young making a huge money, which that's going to be the hard part. Like if you decide to blow it up, it's like who's gonna? I mean, who wants to pay as good as Trey Young is? Who wants man? Who wants to be paying damn near 50 million for him here? And you know, in 2025, 26. Uh, right. Like how do you? I don't know how you trade him. When you can't prove, like, at least with Dame, you could say, look, man, there are playoff highlights that we can point to. There are things right. that we can say. He's a team leader. He's got other intangibles. Even if he's on the tail end of his career, like, right. you know, I can I can sell this. You're uh, with with Trey. You're like, look, man, how do you, who wants 50 million dollars for this player who's undeniably good? Right. Um. You can't. We we have not been able to build a team around him. We are trading him because we can't build a team around him. But you should. You should. Yep. You should try and take him because you're gonna ha- almost have to make him the focal point of your team based off of the money. You're right. I mean, Dejounte is the guy. He's the guy. He's much more tradable at at 18 yes. million uh, yeah. a year. You have to move you know. Dejounte, in my opinion. You you. I don't think yeah. you can move Trey. But I'm not yep. sure and, that you can build a winner with both of them, even though they are both good players. I just don't think they're complementary right. players. I think yeah, in the it, end, it, it turns out like uh, the Trailblazers with CJ and and, um, right. and you Dame. got two guys, two guys who need the ball in their hands really to make things happen, right? right. And are both good, but that are not right. complementary to each other. Exactly. Yeah, and, I, and I, cannot help you on both ends. Yep. I always kind of felt like the John, the Jonte Murray uh, trade was a little bit weird. So you know, I mean, that's. Uh, that's something you might try and do because that's the thing is when you traded for him, like you gave up some picks, man, to like get Dejounte Murray. And it's like, yes, it's hard to necessarily refill the cupboard. And then, like you said, you're this, you're perpetually stuck in the middle, so it's not like you're hitting, uh, you're hitting top ten picks. It's tough. It's tough. The 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 Hawks are in a, uh, in a rough spot for sure. For sure. All right. Tell you what, we will we will go ahead and um, we will call it a show right there. So make sure you guys are following us. I am at uh, on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. At Denver Stiffs. At Mile High Sports. Um, hit us up in our comment section on the site as well. We always put up a game thread every single uh, every single game where you can go out and talk with uh, all kinds of diehard nugget fans so it's a great place to to hit us up as well and then also um i should have i should have thrown the promo in earlier not doing my job but we do have a promo right now over at espnbet.com uh enter our code lahi l-e-h-i-g-h and you will get i think up to 250 dollars in bonus bets um at espnbet.com Dot com. So make sure you check that out. Also, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mr. Gordon Gross, as always, sir, it is a pleasure. Good times. Let's hope that these games are more of a pleasure this week. That's all I want. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Oh, we, we, we forgot to do, as is tradition, and so, okay, hold on. Before I'm going to put you out. We got a little bit of time here. Believe it or not, Gordon, we actually are. Uh, we're on finishing. time. We're, we're on, on schedule. For once here. Uh, so let's just talk about it this week. So then I guess then, oof, man, we got a lot of games this week. They're at Chicago, yeah, there's a lot. home against Brooklyn and Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm going to go three and one. I like three and one. I think I think the Nuggets get, they might lose this game in Atlanta. I think they'll get one of the two in this back-to-back. I feel better about the Chicago game because Jokic usually plays really well in Chicago. Uh, and then the other two games are at home, Brooklyn and Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, some drama going on down there. 
but otherwise, yeah. you know, uh, been playing well. Uh, so that's a, but a team that I think you know, gets match up well against and then Brooklyn. Uh, I mean, Brooklyn is another team that probably needs to go all in on a rebuild. But hey, winners, winners. Of no, six I, I like three and one. Yeah, I like I like three and one from a sense of the teams that the Nuggets are playing don't really have a lot of rest advantage over the Nuggets. Like the Nuggets and yep. the Hawks are both rested. The Nuggets and the Bulls neither will be rested. You know what I mean? Right. Like you know, I think I think the Bulls are on. Yeah, I think the Bulls are back to back too, with the Nuggets. So, you know, it's it, it, if neither team gets rest, I like the Nuggets. If yep. both teams are rested, I like the Nuggets. It's when the Nuggets have been running these damn like we run up back to back. You've been sitting at home smoking cigars for two days, you right. know that it, it or you you were actually in Denver before we were, right? Exactly. Uh, so in this sense, yeah, I, I'm with you. Three and one Nuggets back to get back on track this week. All right, everybody, we'll close it up with that, and we will talk to you next week. This is a whole